It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Yes, they are. Sandy Rios with you, and I am at CPAC live from Orlando, Florida, for the first time ever. Uh, generally speaking, we meet uh, at National Harbor, Maryland, and do this right outside of D.C., but CPAC has moved down here for this year with the beautiful Hyatt Regency Hotel. And the theme of the conference this year for CPAC 2021 is America Uncancelled. Uh, don't you love it? Uh, don't you love it? I mean, uh, that is really the battle, isn't it? And uh, even as uh, uh, Bruce is with me, <laughs> he's my producer for this uh, next couple of days, besides the guys back at Tupelo, uh, Adam and Devin, who are such great support. Um, Bruce and I are here at the hotel, and of course we are sensing all of these restrictions. Uh, it's just everywhere, the signs about COVID, COVID, you know, and people, you know, walking around monitoring, and it's just pretty amazing. It feels very much like, uh, it does feel a bit like when I used to travel into East Germany. Uh, from West Germany across that wall and uh, the the oppression. It's kind of a taste of it. And it's, it's frustrating. It's frightening. And I think uh, we have a lot to reckon with, those of us that are believers in Christ, about how we manage uh, our responses to this uh, and, um, you know, how we manage our anger and how we manage our passion and all of that. So uh, that's what we're kind of managing right now. But, you know, God has already been good this morning. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. And, of course, this conference is the largest in the nation for conservatives. Uh, Matt Schlapp is the head of the American Conservative Union. Matt's actually going to join me shortly, along with the head of the Japanese CPAC. Did you know there was a Japanese CPAC? Well, there is. And so the head of that is going to join us with his interpreter, and that's going to be fun. We'll talk to him about what it means to be a conservative in Japan, because it doesn't mean the same thing everywhere. You probably might know that from uh, Great Britain or um, uh, what you what it means to be conservative there is not the same thing as what it means to be conservative here it can be other issues like in Japan it's probably national security the threats from China <clears throat> but I'm going to ask him that and we'll find out but Matt and uh, and Jay they call him for the for the mercy for, to have mercy on Anglo speakers uh, will be with us with his interpreter and that's going to be a lot of fun but yesterday I have to tell you something pretty amazing happened that I think is actually the beginning of what we have known, just the, the, the birth pangs of what's coming. It was a hearing that was held in the uh, Committee on Energy and Commerce. And here's the title, Fanning the Flames, Disinformation and Extremism in the Media. Now, that sounds, you know, okay, we don't want disinformation. We certainly don't want lies. We complain about that, don't we? The trouble is, they didn't have in mind anyone except you and me. And those of us in the conservative media, Fox, One News uh, Now, Newsmax, uh, the whole attention is against uh, we are the liars and the, the disinformation folk and, uh, you know, CNN. And in fact, Soledad O'Brien was one of the persons they gave testimony. 
This is the beginning of shutting down um, uh, the speech that we consider free and honest uh, so that they can control the message. And it's getting dangerous. We feel the hot breath of it. So when I return, we're going to talk to Dan Gaynor. Dan was at the hearing yesterday. He's with Media Research Center, and we'll talk about what happened yesterday and what we can expect. Hey, this is Sandy Rios coming to you live from Orlando at the Hyatt Regency uh, at the Conservative Political Action Committee, and I'm happy to be here. Be right back. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Every choice you make, you want it to be the wise one. And if you haven't joined MediShare yet, you may want to look into it right now. It may be exactly the wise choice for you and your family. You can save a lot on your healthcare without sacrificing quality. MediShare gives you free telehealth, a huge network of doctors, all of that. But the typical family saves $500 a month, month after month. And that makes sense for a lot of people, more than 400,000 so far. And you get the security of knowing this has been working great for over 25 years. So MediShare is different. It's a good different. It's really about sharing. Members even pray for each other, which is very refreshing, especially right now. And one more very good thing. If you join before the end of February, they'll waive your new member fee. That's another $170 you'll save before you start saving month after month. Here's the number. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Gina Raimondo, nominee for Secretary of Commerce. The Secretary serves as the Principal Advisor to the President on all matters relating to commerce. Proverbs 19.20 reminds us of the importance of receiving good advice. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Gina Raimondo as she is considered for Commerce Secretary. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Pray with us as we lift up each state's freshman senators and representatives as part of our 2021 Bold Initiative, Beside Our Leaders Daily. Learn more at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Virginia teachers, take the lead in education with up to 64% off your graduate degree at Liberty University. This year has forced you to innovate, adapt, overcome, and you've not only risen to the challenge, you've crushed it. Now help education emerge from this crisis stronger than ever with your MAT or MED degree. Our transfer-friendly degree programs are 100% online and start as low as $282 per credit hour. It's our thanks for all you do for our future. To learn more, text TEACHER to 49595. That's TEACHER to 49595. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is facing a scandal that could destroy his political career. The governor facing allegations he and his staff covered up the scope of the death toll in the state's nursing homes. Cuomo has been hailed for his handling of the global pandemic, but in reality, he's done very little other than to send people infected with the virus into nursing homes. 
Turns out the official death count inside those nursing homes is more than double what the governor originally announced. More than 10,000 senior citizens have died, a number that was covered up by the Cuomo administration. And now even some Democrats are suggesting the governor's behavior may be criminal. You know, last year, Hollywood honored Governor Cuomo with an Emmy praising his daily China virus press briefings. Considering this latest development, one has to wonder if Hollywood might want to ask for that Emmy back. Be sure to download my free podcast at toddstearns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Let me be clear that Congress cannot and should not regulate journalism in defiance of the First Amendment. But here's what we can do. Don't book liars or advance lies. Cover the fact that lies and propaganda are being disseminated, but do not book people to lie on your show because it elevates them and presents a lie as another side. Stop posing every story as having two sides. Some stories, in fact, have many, many sides and are more complicated. And also, lies don't have a side. Take the time to unravel and report and give history and context. We, as reporters, are verifiers. Every perspective does not deserve a platform. Media thrives on the open exchange of ideas, but that doesn't mean you have to book a neo-Nazi every time you book someone who is Jewish. Balance does not mean giving voice to liars, to bigots, and to kooks. Stop saying you want a diverse staff and go hire one. Fast. The public will trust you again if you tell the truth about who lives in this country and report accurately on communities. Recognize that objectivity means having an open mind, not a lack of judgment. If you do not call a lie a lie or racism racism, you empower the liar. You empower the racist. Support efforts to challenge media that disseminates misinformation, particularly in vulnerable communities. And most importantly, support ground-level reporting, journalism, the place, in fact, where major networks and cable news gets a lot of its best stories. America trusts the media to deliver accurate factual, unbiased information. It's the grist of democracy. It's the stuff that enables us to have intelligent and accurate conversations with our neighbors, to cast informed votes and make thoughtful and intelligent decisions. Wow, I think there should be a laugh track after that. That is that is just really hilarious. As Honestly, that's the first time I've heard that clip. Uh, but that's Soledad O'Brien from CNN. And um, she's, you know, telling us that we, we need to be uh, not book racists, because everyone that's not on CNN, I guess, is a racist. We need to stop giving misinformation. We need to be accurate, factual, unbiased. Oh, my goodness. Well, Dan Gaynor is with us. Dan, I think, heard that whole thing. Uh, he is the vice president for, for Media Research Center and the Tech Watch and other things. Uh, Dan is um, so involved in all of this, and he, well, he's the one that alerted me to this uh, meeting. So, Dan, good morning, and thanks for joining us. Well, thank you and good morning. Uh, that that was amazing because it's propaganda. It's just not true, including particularly the part about America trusts media. We don't, and we shouldn't because we can't. Uh, they're not trustworthy. And you know what she's trying to set the media up is arbiters of everything in our society. Oh well, you know, don't don't cover racists. Well, who's a racist? Is somebody a racist? who is a member of the Klan, or is somebody racist who is pushing uh, critical race theory? The answer is yes to both. You know, but the media would have you believe that only the first, uh, unless, of course, that member of the Klan 
is then in turn a U.S. senator who happens to be a Democrat and seated by the guy that then they promote <laughs> to become president. <laughs> and yes, by that I mean yes. Joe Biden. Joe yes. Biden uh, what, you know, gave, the, you know, gave a eulogy for, for Robert Byrd. Who yeah, had been a prominent Klansman. Wasn't he the grand? I think it was a grand wizard. I mean, it really I don't think is, he's a grand wizard. I think he's like some other title. I, less I'm than not grand, up on my Klan titles. A, a less than grand wizard, but he yeah, was very much a leader of the, of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Yes. Dan, uh, here's the thing. We know how those of us that um, really, I think, do understand the truth know that CNN doesn't hardly, uh, maybe they report the truth on the weather, but otherwise... Uh, so, when Soledad says that, well, that's expected from them. The but problem is... She's no longer is, with CNN, just FYI. She now uh, does a bunch of other things. She's sort of an independent. She does Showtime sports show some and some other things. Okay. But, but she is a, she's, she's a prominent voice right. in the well, media. So, the point for me is that we're, that doesn't surprise me that she would say that, given her background. Uh, but the problem is, she was testifying before Congress, uh, before the Commerce Committee, and uh, that's what I want to—that's context that I want to put here. What was going on yesterday, and what? Give us kind of paint the picture. Well, I, the, let's let's flash back for the last about month or something like that. Ever since ever since the riot on Capitol Hill, the media have used the terms misinformation, which is sort of accidental, and disinformation, which the D for deliberate. Uh, as suddenly they are now the greatest sins of media. And anybody involved in either one must be silenced in some way or another, to the point where CNN has been promoting the idea of deplatforming uh, Fox News, One American News, and Newsmax, conveniently three of its competitors. <laughs> but, but they've been doing that, and they're not the only ones. The New York Times went so far as to have one of their tech writers uh, write a piece calling for a reality czar. Uh, one of the, you know, for Biden to name a special, a, a special uh, kind of quasi cabinet level person to dis- determine what is reality. They want they want to silence what they consider to be disinformation and and literally shut down sites, etc. But the press want to be the ones who declare what's what's legit and what's not. So Russian the, the Russian collusion thing, which we all know is a joke. Uh, they want to be able to say that's legit, and so, and if you disagree with them, then you're pushing disinformation. Yeah. So and what? That, take that forward to uh, two congressmen, uh, uh, Representatives Eshoo and McInerney, both sent letters to cable companies attempting to intimidate them to drop uh, Fox and OAN and Newsmax, and. So that was the lead-up into this hearing, and that is utterly insane. I think the lawyer Turley was was in the in the hearing and calling that out. But the idea that you can have congressmen calling for news outlets they don't like to be shut down. But Dan, the problem the is it, well, of course the pro- the problem is I know that you know. Of course you do. This is what we do. This is not a fringe group. This, I think, expresses the sentiment of the left. This is a. This is like a tease of what's to come. I believe, and uh, if they, ha- if there's any way to do it, I just heard this morning that AT and T. I heard uh, Tucker talk about this last night, uh, that AT and T uh, has been co- partnering with a Chinese communist uh, platform of some sort, and uh, trying to uh, stop. Um, 
any kind of sanctions going to them. So we've got some dangerous stuff happening because we know that China is all about um, uh, censorship. And I think that this is where the left is leading, don't you? Oh, there's no question because they're talks about, talk, talking about returning to uh, you know, some sort of government restrictions on media, even though, of course, that, you know, the, the original plan for that, this so-called fairness doctrine, which you know, really hurt radio and got removed later on, well, the idea of the fairness doctrine was because there's limited space on radio. Now what they want to do is basically control every form of, of communication that, that exists. And you know, this, this was sort of summarized very well when Brian Stelter, the media guy from CNN, their chief media correspondent, used a phrase that is popular now with the tech left, and that is freedom of speech does not mean freedom of reach. So in other words, you and I can talk on the radio, but um, if they knock American Family Association off of every station you know, in, the, in the country, well, we're still allowed to talk, but you just, uh, nobody, nobody gets to hear you. If Fox exists and they knock them off of every cable network, well, Fox can still broadcast. And if you're standing outside in the street, maybe you can hear it through the windows. But it's still yeah. freedom of speech. Well, that's insane. And so, so their chief media correspondent, that's exactly, that goes to your point, 100%. This is where they are going. They want to silence speech, all speech. Dan, uh, are there going to be hearings in the Senate that you? I mean, I, I'm sorry, we have. We I'd love to spend the whole hour with you on this, but I can't here at CPAC because I have so many people coming through. Uh, but uh, bottom line, where do you see this going? I mean, I know ultimately, but is it going to go in the Senate next? In the steps, well, how well, do you see I, the steps? I think this this was just a hearing, and I don't think it will. I think this time it won't go anywhere simply because even the press felt that that issue and McCarney, uh went too far. Really? So they'll, really? they'll back off a little bit, and then they'll go again. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the press themselves are doing this, but they want to do it under some rubric of where it looks legitimate. Instead of just congressmen simply call, you know, doing this on their own, they want to create an infrastructure that looks legitimate, but still does the same thing. Yeah. And they actually mention in their statement uh, calling for this hearing uh, the disinformation on COVID, uh, the disinformation, you know, I forget, uh, anyway, they pointed to things that, of course, the things that we, oh, the election. Uh, they talked about, you know, how people are spreading these lies that the election was not uh, legitimate. And that's the two issues that I picked up on reading the information. So uh, an outlet like ours, American Family Radio, uh, trust me, you know, you know me, Dan, and you know what I talk about and how I say it. So I think there's danger. I really do think there's real danger here. Would you well, agree with that? You're massively correct. I mean, to, to put things clear, medical things are seldom black and white. I mean, you can go back to March 5th on CNN where they had a town hall where Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who they hail as this expert, was telling people that wearing a mask was dangerous, and he did it at a town hall where they had 60 people packed in like sardines, no one wearing a mask, including Anderson Cooper and Sanjay Gupta. So, so medical information, are, you know, our belief in what's correct at any point in time changes from time to time. And so to say, oh, well, this, this is right, it's like trusting the World Health Organization, which even the New York Times admits the reason why the World Health Organization says, 
you, they want to continue global travel, even in the midst of a pandemic, is simply agenda. It has no foundation in, in science at all. The New York Times wrote that. So, so we can't just trust the press one way or the other, you know, to suddenly turn over our control of, all, of the every every policy discussion in our society. Yeah. So our job is really our job, as it always has been, should be <clears throat> that we have these choices to listen and to discern for ourselves what the truth is. You know, I remember uh, years ago, Dan, when I was younger, uh, I instinctively knew as I was watching news about Vietnam and the, the body bags that Walter Cronkite loved, fondly loved to report, and the, the coat hanger abortions, you know, these were happening not just on CBS, but all the other networks. I knew in my, in my, there was no alternative source of information then, but I knew something was not right. Something's not right here. Uh, and, uh, but we didn't have really any other alternative media. This whole business of conservative uh, media, or I'd say truth tellers, uh, is a new phenomenon in the last couple of decades. So we have to fight to keep it. And uh, I know that you guys are on the front line of that. Media Research Center is just a, they're our champion. And Dan, you are the lead, the lead champion over there on this. So uh, thank you. I appreciate your time. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Well, Thanks I so look much. forward to it. You enjoy CPAC, and I, I envy you getting to see the president speak in person. Oh, I know. Sunday is going to be here. Okay, Dan, thanks a lot. Sandy Rios in the morning coming to you live from CPAC in, uh, where am I? I'm in Orlando, Florida, <laughs> at uh, the uh, Hyatt Regency Hotel. And we'll be right back with Matt Schlapp right after this. Uh, so stay tuned. Sandy Rios. Listen to Don. Join in every week. Dr. Greg Smalley of Focus on the Family. Listen to the wisdom this man gives and emulate that. Don, you do that so well. I definitely have learned over 20 plus years that we've been doing radio together. Mm. So many things from you. So find a guy that you look up to and just start learning. Encouragement Live with Don Hawkins. Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central, 8.05 Eastern. Here on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I want to personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for worship and the Word. And we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him. The borrower is the slave of the lender. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Prior to the passage of the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, over 80% of American families were debt-free. Today, however, over 80% of the American people are saddled with debt. I was asked recently what advice I could offer in the midst of the national tension we currently face. One of the things I said in response was to work toward getting completely out of debt. So much fruitfulness and faithfulness to God has been robbed from us due to the impact of crushing debt. One of the best things you can do for your family right now is to become debt-free. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner. 
or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. The psalmist says, God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol. I remember reading a story once about a young boy who used a fine piece of wood and some tools and made a fine little yacht with his own hands. One day, however, when he was sailing it on the lake, it was carried away by a strong breeze and drifted out of his sight. He looked for it but couldn't find it. It was lost. Sometime later, he saw his little yacht in a shop window. He went in to claim it, but the shopkeeper told him, if you want it, you must pay for it. He went home, counted up all his savings, and found he had enough to meet the purchase price. He went back to the shopkeeper, proudly redeemed the work of his own hands, and brought it back to his own home. He said to his prized possession, you're twice mine. I made you, and I have purchased you. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Some House Democrats are expressing concerns about President Biden's authority to launch a nuclear attack. They think he should have to consult with the vice president and the Speaker of the House before taking such a step. This initiative is a twofer for America's hard leftists. First, unilaterally dismantling U.S. nuclear capabilities has long been a top priority, both for them and for our enemies in Russia and China. If a requirement is instituted for time-consuming consultations in a scenario in which delay could assure an attacker's success, the credibility of our deterrent can be negated. Second, these Democrats are at least implicitly signaling a lack of confidence in Joe Biden's mental capacity. They may thus be soft-launching a campaign for his replacement by a fellow radical leftist, Kamala Harris, pursuant to the 25th Amendment's mechanism for removing an unfit president. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Congresswoman Cheney, do you believe President Trump should be speaking, or former President Trump should be speaking at CPAC this weekend? Yes, he should. Congresswoman Cheney? Uh, that's up to CPAC. I've, I've been clear in my views about uh, President Trump and, and the extent to which following the extent to which following January 6th, uh, I don't I don't believe that he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the divide in the Republican Party. That was Kevin McCarthy asked by the reporter if President Trump should be speaking here at CPAC, which is where we are, which he is on Sunday. And Liz Cheney weighing in saying, no, he should not. But uh, they're both part of the leadership of the Republican Party. Matt Schlapp, dear Matt, president of ACU and uh, head of this whole thing. What a mess for you, right? I guess. Trying to balance that divide. I feel no anxiety about it at all. I feel like the answer is obvious, which is... Um, for Mitch McConnell or Liz Cheney uh, or others that don't like Donald Trump, it's fine. If this is how she honestly feels, I respect her for stating her view. I just feel like this decision is over. Someone asked me the other day, they said, aren't you just preaching to the Trump choir at CPAC? I was like, hey, 
the choir is the whole church. It must be a really big choir. Ninety-seven percent of us, or whatever, love what the president did as president. We all understand that there might be moments, or times, or tweets, or answers, or things that uh, we'd like less about him. And uh, he's already kind of this decision has already been made, which is it is the fact that Trump would fight for conservative things that Sandy Rios has been talking about for a lot of years, and he actually fought for them, that is refreshing to 97% of Republicans. And this is the virtue that we now want in our leaders. And uh, I think everyone should be honest. I just think most of these establishment moderate Republicans are, they never liked him. They never liked anything about him. And now that they think he's out of power, they're going to they're going to step on him. And uh, I think it's a bad strategy. I think, you know, it's funny because suddenly there I see a, ch- a shift, a shift like a uh Tim Scott, uh, not Tim, but Rick Scott of Florida made a statement yesterday. It's time. The war is over. The divide is over. And Mitt Romney, I think, is making noises like that, too. I think somebody has figured out, done the calculus and said to themselves, this might not work out very well if the 5% of us, you know, who hate Trump, you know, cannot, we may not be able to get these 95% or whatever it is of uh, Republicans to vote the, for the, our people. The Lincoln Project so stepped stop. on itself uh, yeah. with all of their immorality. Yeah. And why would anybody kind of champion the cause yeah. of never Trumpism? Look, it's a coalition. This is what's hard for Republicans, Sandy, is the elephant's always been the big thing. It's all about the elephant. And it's no longer about the elephant. The elephant's important. They're a bank. they got to raise a bunch of money. They're supposed to hire lawyers, by the way, around the elections, which they didn't do such a good job of. No, they didn't. But, they, but the elephant's part of it. But the conservative movement's a bigger part of it. And these new MAGA people, the red hat people, the people who are more independent, maybe they're more mm-hmm. union, maybe uh, they haven't been associated with us mm-hmm. on all the sets of issues. Maybe not, they're not philosophically where we are and everything. But they really like the fact that Trump would say it like it is, that he was an outsider, and he stood for these things. And so this is now a coalition, and we're a big part of that, Sandy. And uh, I mean, it's amazing. It really is amazing to see that all kinds of people, various views on other issues, this has been the unifying thing, I think. Uh, America first, really, as he said it. He's the messenger king. And That's he's right. right about that. You know, one thing I, I'm t- continually doing on my show, Matt, <laughs> how corny it might be, when I report a story like the Equality Act, which is coming up today in yeah. Congress, which will uh, cause, it will wreak havoc in certainly the evangelical Christian world, but also in businesses. Uh, and also a, a, in kids' lives. In kids' lives, in schools, it will prevent doctors from... They'll, it'll force doctors, no matter what their viewpoint, to give children hormones. It's just there. It's a nightmare, Bill. But I always say when I report on it. But you know what? Thank goodness there are no more tweets. Aren't yeah. you glad? Just no yeah. more tweets. Uh, you know, we yeah. have this. We have open borders. We have uh, uh, HR one. Chaos you know. at the border. We have chaos. Yeah, we have chaos. But this is great stuff because we don't have tweets. All right. Well, our position's clear on that, and I. We're of one mind about that. How big of a decision was it for you to move down here to Florida? I mean, it's pretty easy. I mean, the decision was, do I want to be the first chairman since CPAC started over 50 years ago, a half a century ago, to not have a CPAC? And I was like, I will not be that guy. And I'm not a real, I'm not a lockdown guy. I'm not really someone that's overly panicked about the virus. You know, they said we had an outbreak last year at CPAC when we had this one Oh, uh, yes, I remember case. that. Yes, And we I had an there. outbreak, and they accused me of giving it to the first family. And I never, by the way, I've never had corona. All my neighbors, like, still think I'm, I'm like a, uh, an incubator of corona. I've, I just tested again. Uh, I'm negative again today. <laughs> it's like I've been negative every time, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't like, matter. It's a narrative, which is yeah. 
corona gets spread at conservative events. So get ready. You're going to read That's lots true. of coverage about how this was a super spreader. And, uh, and we'll be transparent about what happens. I mean, I hope nothing terrible happens, but they'll say it whether it's true or not. Even the World Health Organization, even them, uh, said yesterday or this morning that the, de- the deaths, you know, how they count them, even how they count them, are down 20%. So I don't know. You know, it's a crazy time, Matt, and uh, we're kind of swimming upstream, but we have to do that in order to maintain liberty. That's right. But I'm so great. Honestly, I am so grateful that you're the guy running CPAC Oh, now. you're sweet. Thank you. Well, I really mean that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, okay, I, well, I'll get personal. I know that you and Mercedes, your beautiful wife, who's been on Fox so many years, people know she worked for the Trump campaign. You guys have kind of been harassed in your own neighborhood, haven't you? We have. Yeah. No, it's true. And uh, the thing that really brought it home to me is uh, we had a debate watch party. Uh, for the first debate, which wasn't the best debate. <laughs> did you stay six feet apart and d- double, triple mask? <laughs> we actually did open up all the doors in the house because it was pretty good weather and it was kind of inside and outside because, you know, we had people there different ages and everything else. We had senators there. We had all these people. But I put up a flag just so everyone could know it's our house. And here's and boy, when the Trump flag goes up in my neighborhood, everyone knows. <laughs> you know, So they called the mayor. They called the cops. They called the city zoning people. There had so many complaints that a police officer came to my house and he said, we're getting a lot of complaints. I was like, what are those complaints? He goes, well, noise and other things. And I said, is my Trump sign making a lot of noise? And he kind of paused (laughs) and the cop looked at me and he said, I actually think it is your Trump sign that's causing all the problems. And I said, do you understand that that Trump sign means that we're for you and you deserve a raise? And he said, I know exactly what that sign means. You have a good day. He turned around and got in his squad car and drove off. But this is the insanity it is the of insanity. the moment we're in. You know, um, my understanding is from my Virginia friends, attorney friends, that in Virginia there are special protections. Like people can't come in your yard and protest. Like they did Josh Hawley's house. It's actually against the law. There's a special statute on that oh, in Virginia. Oh, that's good to know. And, uh, but, but even the police there didn't know that. So yeah. that's, a, that's another story. All right, so what was the response? When you moved to down here, you, you have the best guests ever always. Uh, but who knew they were the going to fly and come down to Florida? Yeah, but well, they all came. They all, yeah. And so how about attendance? Just people attending. Sold out. Completely so. sold out. We were sold out actually a long time ago. We had a few kind of the most expensive tickets left, and that was that was about it. So, uh, uh, And we have over 30 uh, congressmen, senators, governors. Um, you know, uh, we basically I, – I have congressmen texting me saying, could it, uh, since I couldn't speak, could I at least go? And I'm like, no. We are really sold out. Like, we're not, this isn't a story. This is like, I feel bad. Like, one of them is local here, and he keeps saying, you really can't give me a ticket? I'm like, I really can't. I'm going to put you on a waiting list, and I'm going to see what happens. You know, the nightmare, too. I'm sorry. Here I go into my tacky mode, but I, uh, the nightmare is that we are in a city that has a terrible governor. A terrible, she's a, called a mayor, uh, a terrible mayor. And I bet it's a nightmare for them here in Orlando to have all these conservatives in this hotel. Well, this is it's a little a, bit of a problem, which is I'm sure they'd love nothing better than to find a way to cancel us. Yes. I'm so, sure right. uh, you know, that's it's a little bit of a game that we're playing in terms of why did Nancy Pelosi call votes today and tomorrow? When uh, for like uh, months there was no votes on these days. Well, we know why, because she wants to make it hard for members uh, to come down uh, to CPAC. And I, you know, and why does the national news media that always comes to CPAC, will they try to have a theme of like it's a super spreader or they're going to always try to pick up the flaws. And, you know, we've already had to uh, rescind an invitation to one guest because of anti-Semitism. And they tried to make it sound like uh 
you know, something different than just, hey, we have a couple of hundred speakers. Some years we'll have 250 speakers. We take a lot of chances on our speakers, Sandy. Yes, That's you do. part of what we do here. Yeah. And you know what you do when you take chances? You find gems. But you know what else you do? Yeah. You step in some cow patties, okay? <laughs> And you roll with the punches. That's what's great about you. All right, Matt, I want to expand the conversation here. You and I could chat forever. But um, a few years ago, I think, well, how many years? 2008, something like that, 2012, you started an international CPAC. I remember when we talked about this, and it seemed to me that you had one in France? My what? Or, but, but We've had 26 countries oh, yeah. request CPACs, but it all started with your next guest in Japan. That was our very first all country. All right, okay. I want to introduce our next guest because uh, now this is going to be um, very interesting. By the way, Tsuroki Hiroki J. Aiba, yes. is that correct? Okay. Very nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Let's uh, let's put him on the mic first. No, no, and then I'm just just so I can hear him for the minute, and then I'm when he's when we start. Yeah. So here's the deal. <laughs> So obviously we go to Japan. <laughs> we always have Yumiko as our tra- as the translator, and she's yes. wonderful. And Yumiko is going to translate for us today. That's right. Thank you, Yumiko. So, um, so Jay, do you speak English at all? A little bit, like me with my German, probably. Like me with my Spanish. I can say, you know what I can say in German? May I borrow your vacuum cleaner? <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Darf ich hier und Sagerbogen? I'm not kidding. Oh, that's good. I, I like in Berlin. it. Yeah, so, but that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on one second. Yes. First of Jay has a souvenir from Japan. Very. Oh, wow. Special. These are chopsticks. Oh, he's. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, that's are beautiful. Thank you so much. Are those for Matt? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you can you let, let us hear him a little bit? Yeah. This is a green tea. Yes. Uh, oh uh, yes. Most. Uh, um, mm. <laughs> Hi. You can hold it. Hold it. This is a first class Japanese green tea, special oh. for you. Oh, wonderful! Thank you. And that is a special chopsticks for made for the samurai during the battlefield, like now. The battlefield. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> this is wonderful. Thank you. I need to tell you, uh, mm-hmm. Jay, that I was, I spent three, okay, there we go. That'll solve it. Uh, I spent three weeks in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be a singer, and I did a concert tour. Mm-hmm. I sang 19 concerts in 21 days. Yeah. And so I was in five cities, uh, So and I had a wonderful time, and I discovered something I would never have expected. You have the best chocolate. Yeah, I thought. Oh, chocolate? <laughs> yeah, yes. In the in all your store. Oh, I thought I was going to lose weight, but then I discovered Japanese chocolate. Uh, anyway, so Matt, why Japan? Uh, you started the international thing in Japan. Why? Why? I give uh, I give Chairman Aiba the credit because he had come to CPAC and he had witnessed this great conference and he had a vision. For bringing the conference to Japan, I ran into him in the hallways of the Gaylord in uh, D.C., and I was with my mom, and he was really sweet to my mom, and he said, we need to get you over to come to Tokyo, and uh, now we've gone three years, and uh, and it is four years. I was bet we're in the era of COVID, but, the, uh, but it's created this international, not globalist, 
but international movement for conservatives to coordinate. It's really exciting. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, uh, the world has looked to America. I know that when I was, well, I'll go into the weeds too much, but uh, I know that the world looks to us because we have uh, yes we have this strong strain of. Uh, traditional, for us, American traditional values, Western values, and we're willing to fight. Uh, so I think it has been an inspiration. Okay, so, uh, uh, Jay, I can call you Jay, right? Yes, please call, call you me Jay. Jay. All yeah. right. Mm -hmm. You are the leader of uh, CPAC in Japan, yes. and uh, you uh, also have some interesting, you, you're, you've been a translator, or you've worked on some very famous books. I think uh, one, help me, I can't think of the, uh, Clinton Cash. You, you yes. helped on that one, and yes. so, and is that what brought you to CPAC? Why why did you come to CPAC? えっと元々シーパックに来たのはあの2011年から実は来てたんですよ. So actually, I started to come to the CPAC from the year 2011。わわ。But アメリカもオバマ政権でこれは世界が大混乱することになると。いち早く日本にも保守、アメリカにも保守の政権を打ち立てて世界の平和と繁栄を築かなければいけないと思ったからです。So, uh, so during the, that time, Japan was leaning to the left, and the U.S. is under the Obama administration. So if we go down to this road, the whole world is in a chaotic chaos. So we have to we have to help establish uh, not a conservative regime, conservative government in the U.S. and also in Japan. So to pro, uh, to bring the prosperity and world peace. So Jay, uh, to be a conservative uh, in Europe and in England means something very different, pretty different than being a conservative here. What does being a conservative in Japan mean? So the biggest difference is so the difference in the history. So in Japan, more than 3,000 years, so there is a royal family which has been uh, continuing more than 3,000 years uh, without any break during the time. Is that so objecting or, or resisting the royal family's regime? Is that is that the umbrella under which you're considered a conservative? Yeah. Uh, you ask, did you ask that? Resisting? Resisting? Yes. Oh. So の王家、ま、その so this democracy in Japan is in a balanced, um, in a very delicate balance. The democracy is here in Japan in a very delicate balance. For example, the royal family people are ready to sacrifice themselves to protect the Japanese people. And Japanese people really honor and have a great respect toward the royal family. So the emperors are so this is a very in a delicate balance. I'm I'm guessing that a huge part of uh, being conservative, I'm guessing, is national security and the threats of China. Yes. Is that a big divider? All right. So. Yes. 
Yes. So explain to us, uh, the American audience, what the great threat is to you from China. So the biggest threat is... So they are hegemonic. So they、uh, try to expand their hegemony against America and against the whole world. So, of course, military wise, economic wise, and these two things, military economy, that's the biggest threat. Do you think the Japanese people understand the threat of China, the real threat, more than、um, I know you're not, you don't live here, but you have a sense. Do you think that the Japanese people understand the real threat from China better than the American people do? Yes. So, last five years, this threat has been strengthened. So, to give a warning, that's a biggest, one of the biggest reasons I've been doing these activities. So, rather than anything, so Japan, 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 Japan and China are neighboring countries. Right. Yes, so, so always military, we've been receiving military challenges from the country.、Uh, sure, please. Let me just say one thing on this.、Um, I think what they're saying is it's one of the reasons why they actually came to CPAC. Was this affinity? By the way, that's the first year Donald Trump came to CPAC, too. It's interesting. And when I went to Japan and when ACU went to Japan, there was always this out- outgrowth of support for Trump. Even the red hats, the Make America Great Again. I asked these ladies wearing the hats one year, I was like, why? You're Japanese, why would you wear a hat that says Make America Great Again? You know what their answer was? Through a translator, their answer was. Because you have a president who understands our biggest enemy and threat is China. That gives me that.、Uh, I, I understand. <laughs>、uh, it's frightening, actually. Uh, so um, there has been, uh, 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 you know,、uh, I don't want to say 100 years, 1,000 year rivalry between Japan and China, correct? Yeah, yeah so、uh, China has already been flexing. Its muscles in Taiwan are they fle- are they flexing their muscles towards Japan because you're stronger, I think. So Japan is has been originally strong. However, right now, sadly, under the constri-、uh, constitution restriction, constitutional restriction,、uh, meaning uh, meaning no military, meaning no military, correct? That's right. We have the military, but we cannot proactively fight.、Uh, we, we cannot、uh, offend. So we have a restriction on the constitutions. That's the thing that conservative, we conservatives have to revise and make a change. Was Abe, what, who you, would you consider him conservative? Yes. Yes. So the biggest life work of Abe. Was to revise the Japanese constitution and working together with the U.S. stand up against the threat of the world. That was the biggest, biggest agenda of him. But this time, the, when I so I came to the CPAC and have carrying the message from Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Abe, I talked to, I had a conversation with Matt Schlapp by bringing the message.
Well, that's exciting. Um, I mean, exciting to me. So uh, is there a mood or an appetite then to uh, change your constitution so that you can once again defend your people and actually uh, defend yourselves against China? Is there an appetite to do that? Yes, big. It's, it's getting big. So the uh, ruling party in Japan, so that we had less conservative uh, statesmen, uh, legislatures. But as ACU has been working through the boot camp in each state and try to uh, raise people and activists, so that's the same thing that in Japan we've been starting those activities following the MAT and ACUs. But so how large would you say the population or the percentage of conservatives in Japan might be? So, good question. Thank you. Five years ago, for example, the Prime Minister Abe's former PM Abe's uh, uh, approval rate was maybe 40%. 40%. But last summer, just before he left his office, the nearly 70% was his approval rate. So the conservatives are gaining a momentum these days. Sort of like the U.S. and Trump and conservatives. It's amazing. Yeah, the threats are real, I think, across the globe. Um, let me, Matt, let me ask you, what, what change or how has it altered your thinking to expand to Japan and to actually observe what's going on there. How, how, how has that sort of changed your thinking? Well, I give Gordon Chang and Dan Schneider and KT McFarlane and a lot of our advisors and board members the credit. It wasn't my vision to go internationally. It was really their vision. And um, I guess it was my job to step on the gas and try to help to raise the funds and try to think through the way to do it like we've done it in America in a way we can really capture media and stuff. So if you think about where we've gone, Sandy, we've really gone around the communist uh, Chinese menace. Uh, you know, we've talked to Taiwan, but we haven't done a CPAC there. As Jay said, we've done four CPACs in Tokyo. We've gone to Australia and had uh, a CPAC in Australia. You should come with us. Your eyes are big. Oh, I would love to. Do, well, I'd love, I'd love to do that. We've gone to South Korea. We've literally. Can you imagine going to South Korea right when the president yes. was negotiating with Little Rocket Man? We went to South Korea and we filled a huge hotel like this with people uh, big like big like it is in Japan we went to Brazil where you had a socialist country that switched over to this guy Bolsonaro who's an outsider almost killed running for president and uh, they reached out to us and each one of these countries says the same thing they say we watch the CPAC because we've always streamed it we've always streamed it since I've been the chairman we've always streamed our content what we didn't know Sandy is we were making an impact all over the globe and that's why it's scary what social media companies can do because when they silence us they're not silencing us just in America they're silencing freedom loving people who are trying to interconnect all over the globe Jay will tell you people in Japan will stream and watch this content uh, I think the music's playing I can hardly hear but I uh, but uh, a quick question are you guys being censored in Japan on social media quick quick answer quick my YouTube has been yes restricted because uh, we, we, are, we became, are conservative then oh yes Andy so our, our YouTube became the one of the biggest influencer in Japan for the YouTube for the political field yeah, yeah.
Well, oh, well, listen, this has just been wonderful. I, I really appreciate you guys making this possible. It's fascinating for me. I have traveled a lot internationally, but nobody's traveling right now. And I miss it because I love, I really, I loved Japan. I told you that. Oh, please come to Japan. I, I would love, I'd love yes. to do that. But I have to have some chart, more chocolate, more, more Japanese chocolate. <laughs> That's the real reason. No. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Matt, uh, it's so nice to see you, Matt Schlapp, and it's great to be here at CPAC 2021. And uh, uh, Jay, I need to get your name. Um, Hiroki, Hiroki? Hiroki, Jay, last name, last name, though. How do I say that? Aiba. Aiba. Okay. Aiba, yes. And Yumiko Warren, you did such a wonderful job. You've done this before, I think. Yes, I'm an American citizen, actually. My name is Yumiko Warner. I know, I'm just with the interpretation. That takes a talent. You've got it, so I appreciate that. Yeah, she's a real American, and she was sworn in, and <laughs> she's legit. <laughs> right. Good. Well, I hope you vote. Uh, be sure and vote. Yeah. All right. Well, I I think uh, the music is playing, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to keep talking until I'm sure. <laughs> so, Matt, uh, President Trump is speaking sat uh, Sunday, correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so when? Do you, I mean, well, At the end of the day, we because, say? <laughs> because because he spoke that one year for two hours and a half, and I had to go to the, I had to go to the restroom twice. Um, the, uh, <laughs> your husband's did you, laughing. Did you wear your mask? The, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> we didn't have masks back then. No, uh, and uh, and he spoke so long that it kind of blew through the whole schedule that day. So. The, the staff said to me when I said, I think he, and I talked to him, I think he really wants to do this. They were like, please put him at the end of the day because then if he can talk as long as he wants, and nobody will get, nobody will not have their opportunity to speak. You know what? People will be so glad to hear him speak. It'll be like a breath of fresh air as it always is. It's like a, like an injection of truth. So un-American what happened. You know, the idea that someone could get a former president could get shut down and have their voice silenced. Well, he's having to appeal to Facebook right now, you know, to try to get back on. That's what's amazing. We're done. He's, I know you're 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 very capable guy who got you here to me on time has got to get you to the next place. So great to thank be with you, you Sandy. It means a lot that you're here every year. You're a special part of CPAC. Keep wow. coming back. You're, you're sweet to say that, and it's so nice to meet you, Jay, and so nice to meet you too. God bless all of you. And uh, uh, so I got to say goodbye to my audience. You guys, thanks for listening. This is the first day of CPAC. Tomorrow we've got some great guests too, so you know you're going to want to tune in. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.